For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Amen. Open your Bible with me to the book of James. James chapter 4 as we'll be today. James chapter 4 and verse number 7 as we'll start. And I want to thank you that have written into our program, that have got behind us and started supporting our program. You know, your monthly donation allows us to preach the gospel to thousands of people and that every dollar that you send in goes to spread the gospel. There's not one paid employee at our ministry. Amen. Every dollar goes to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look with me now in James chapter 4 and verse number 7 as we do a little recap here. The Bible says, Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Verse 8, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. The Bible says, submit yourselves therefore to God. When you do that, then you can resist the devil. Verse 8 tells you, draw nigh to God. In other words, get close to God because God's not, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's us that changes. It's us that pulls away from God. The Bible tells you draw nigh to God and what? He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Now I want you to listen to me. The book of James is not written to the lost. The book of James is written to Christians. The book of James, the theme of James is to instruct us Christians on how to grow in our faith and that we will be matured in our Christianity. So knowing that, I want you to think about this verse, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Even though you're saved, even though you're born again, even though you're a Christian, we still sin. Now, the Bible says, cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Get right before God. Get a clean heart. Confess every sin that you can think of. And the ones that you think can't think of, ask God to bring them to the forefront of your mind that you may get it right with God. You may ask forgiveness and you can purify your heart. He says, purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Remember, this book is to Christians. A double-minded person is one that wants to live in the world, but also live in Christ. It wants to be on church on Sunday and say amen and carry my Bible. But on Monday, I want to tell a dirty joke 
and live in the world and look at something I shouldn't supposed to, I'm not supposed to, and say something I'm not supposed to, and hang around people I'm not supposed to, and maybe go somewhere I'm not supposed to. But I'm going to go to church on Sunday. I'm going to take my family to church on Sunday. I'm going to be right with God. The Bible says that you are double-minded. You are sitting on the fence, and you are living, trying to live for both, and nobody can do it. You can't straddle the fence with one leg on the worldly side and one leg on the Christian side and be right with God. You listen to me. If you're sitting on the fence, then you're wrong. You're wrong. The Bible says you are double-minded. Make up your mind this day whom ye will serve. Amen. Choose Christ, ye double-minded. The Bible says in James chapter 1 and verse 8, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. No man can serve two masters. You will either love the one and hate the other. No man can serve two masters. You can't serve God and the world, you, you, but the world is really yourself. You can't serve yourself and truly serve God. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You know why? Because he's sitting on the fence. He wants two different things at the same time, and it can't be done. You cannot serve Christ and be worldly. You can't serve Christ and lust after things that you shouldn't. You can't serve Christ and live in the world and sin and expect to be right with God on Sunday. The Bible says that you're double minded. Even though we're saved, we still have that flesh nature inside of us, and that flesh nature wants to be pleased. That flesh nature loves sin. That flesh nature wants what it wants. It most certainly does. But when you're in Christ, you can have power over that, and you can overcome that when you draw nigh to God. Let's do a little recap. In James chapter 4, verse number 6, you want to get yourself right with God? The Bible says, humble yourself before God. And then verse 7 says, submit yourself to God. Verse 8 tells you, draw nigh to God, cleanse and purify your heart. And listen to verse 9. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy turned to heaviness. Now that is a very peculiar verse. It says, be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. In other words, let your joy and your laughter be turned to sorrow. But this is what it's talking about. You should be confessing those deep sins, those sorrowful sins in your heart, those lusts that we have for materialism and secularism and the thing, the, the lust that we have to lift our own self up, the pride that we have in our heart. We need to humble ourselves that we may manifest fruit of godly repentance. Amen? Get yourself right with God. When you look in your own heart, and you see, whoa, wait a minute, man, I really am lusting after that. Whoa, I really do want that. Why am I looking at it like that? Why am I having those thoughts? Why would I be thinking that? When you take your eyes and you turn them and you look upon yourself and what's truly in your heart, you won't be worried about what everybody else is doing. Listen, if every Christian would worry about them own, their own self, there would be a lot less conflict and a lot less turmoil because... Each of us have so much to work on within our own self. Look within your own self. And the Bible says, 
you could have let your joy be turned to heaviness when you see that when you see what's really in your heart why heaviness it's conviction he wants you to have conviction and listen to me conviction is good conviction will make you very uncomfortable It'll make you run to God or make you run away from God, but you make sure that you choose right and you run toward God because that conviction is there so that you it shows you that, hey, you are wrong. Hey, you need to get right with God. Hey, you need to get that out of your life. Hey, you need to repent and turn to God and get it right with Him. And maybe you need to go get it right with the person. Amen? There is nothing wrong with humbling yourself and apologizing. There is nothing wrong with admitting that you were wrong. That's something I've often said with raising my kids. There is nothing wrong with admitting to them that I was wrong and I'm sorry. It shows them that I am human. It shows them that I do make mistakes, but it also shows them that I love them enough to correct that mistake and admit that I was wrong and do everything within my power to fix it and get it right before an almighty God. And listen, when you come to God that way and you realize he, he, he realizes who you are, that you're nothing but dust. Amen. That's all we are. There's nothing special about us. And if you think you're better than another person, that's like one piece of dust telling another piece of dust that I'm better than you. No, you are not. None of us are. And so the Bible says in verse 6, humble yourself. Verse 7, submit yourself toward God. Verse 8, draw nigh to God. Cleanse and purify your heart. Verse 9, weep over those things that, that are in your heart that you need to get right. And verse number 10 tells you, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. We should humble ourselves what? In the sight of of the Lord, knowing that God is looking at you, knowing that God knows everything that is in your heart, knowing that God knows your every thought, word, deed, and action, you are not going to fool God. You may fool everybody on Sunday with your nice suit and tie or your pretty dress and your nice shoes, but you are not going to fool an almighty God, all-knowing God, that can see right to the depths of your heart, that knows everything about you that knew you were before you were formed in your mother's womb he knows everything your personality every hair that will ever grow on your head is numbered god knows you better than you know yourself and i promise you you are not going to pull one thing over on the lord the bible says it doesn't just say humble yourself humble yourselves in the sight of the lord when you humble yourself you know that god is watching and you need to get it right and what, what, what does the Bible say? What, is, what happens after you do that? The Bible says, and he shall lift you up. God Almighty will reach down and scoop you up and put you where he wants you to be. Not where you want to be, but where he wants you to be. Amen? Many times, if, if you get to a position you feel prideful about it, that may not be God that did that. That may be you that did that because God does not want to lift you up that you may be filled with pride. If you think about Joseph, Joseph, he had a dream that his brothers and his parents would bow down to him one day. Here he is, 17 years old, and he's telling them this. 
and that that God showed him that dream. But yet, right after that, right after that, Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery. The then they took him from there. And they took him to Potiphar's house and he was bought as a slave in Potiphar's house and he worked and he worked and he worked. Now everywhere he worked, he, he was lifted, he was lifted up. He was trusted. He was put in a trusted position. But then Potiphar's wife lied on him and said he tried to rape me and he was thrown into prison. So here he is, he had a dream. I'm gonna be lifted up. I'm gonna be, you're gonna bow down to me. Next thing you know, he's looking at the bottom of a pit that his brothers throw him in. They sold him into slavery. Then they took him from there and sold him to Potiphar. And then Potiphar's wife lies on him. Then he gets thrown in a dungeon in the bottom of a prison for years, for years. And the butcher and the baker had a dream, and he interpreted it, saying, he said, one of them's going to get your head taken off, and the other one's going to be put back in your position. Because, see, they were a butcher and a baker to the king, to Pharaoh. And he said, don't forget me. What'd he do? He forgot him. Two full years go by. And the Pharaoh had a dream. And that, that man said, I, I remember a guy down in the dungeon that interpreted my dream. They went and got him. They brought him up and they shaved him. They put nice clothes on. They brought him before Pharaoh and he interpreted his dream. And then he was lifted up over all of Egypt, second in command. And they had a famine. Who come looking for food? His brothers and his family. And there, his dream was fulfilled. They were bowed down before him. But listen to me. If God had took him from that place when he was 17 years old and put him in that position where he was second in command over all the land of Egypt, he would have been so filled with pride that God would not be able to use him. But yet God put him through all those things. Hey, God was training. What was God doing? God was training him. God was teaching him to suffer. God was teaching him to lead. God was teaching him. He was in the school of the Lord. Now, if we, if we was going to know our child was going to be the second in command, Man over all the world, we'd want them in the best school. We want them in the Ivy League colleges. We want them to have the best tutors with the best clothes and the best places. But listen to me, God's ways are not our ways. He was in God's leadership program and he got sold in the slavery and he got thrown in the dungeon and he got lied upon. But yet the whole time God was teaching him to lead. God was teaching him to be humble. You listen to what that verse says. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Lord, and he shall lift you up. When you humble yourself, you get right with God. So where do you, what do you have to do when you need to get right with God? Well, if you read this in James, because if you remember, James has written us Christians to tell us how to mature in our Christian faith. How do you get right with God? How do you be close to God? Well, verse six, you got to humble yourself. Seven, you need to submit yourself to God. Eight, you got to draw nine to God and cleanse your heart, you double-minded. Because listen, until you do all those things, you can't resist the devil. But once you humble yourself and you submit yourself to God, then you can resist the devil and he will flee from you. And you can draw not you can draw nigh to God. You can draw close to God. And then the Bible says, humble yourself, and then God will lift you up. You listen to me. When God lifts you up, no man can hold you down. God can open doors no man can open. God can shut doors that no man can shut. 
He is God Almighty. And when He lifts you up, there's not a person on this planet that can hold you down. God's got a plan for your life. Will you submit to it? Will you be right with God? Will you humble yourself? Will you submit yourself to God? Will you draw close to Him? Will you humble yourself that He can use you? Amen? God cannot use a prideful Christian. God cannot use a prideful person. Pride is a destroyer of your relationship with the Lord. What does he say? Humble yourself. You've got to get rid of that pride if you want to be close to God. And you've got to humble yourself if you want to be right with God. Amen? And that's a good place to be. When you humble yourself before the Lord, there is no better place to be. And then God can use you then god can lift you up and he shall lift you up but you won't be filled with pride and david david is another great example of that as the samuel prophet came to jesse's house god sent the prophet samuel to jesse's house and said one of your boys one of your boys is gonna be king Jesse goes, gets his best, brightest, strongest, strapping young man, son that he has, and he shows him to Samuel, and they said, surely this must be the one. Even the prophet thought this must be the one. God said, no, he's not the one. So Jesse goes and get his next son, best next, next in line, the best, brightest, smartest, strongest, best-looking boy he's got, brings him before him. And again, God said, no, he's not the one. And this happened over and over and over till they got down to where there's no more. And the Samuel prophet asked Jesse, surely you must have another son. And Jesse said, well, there's little David. He's just out tending the sheep. His daddy didn't even give him a chance. Didn't even bring him in to think, well, maybe he's the one. Did not even give him a chance. But when David came in, God spoke to the prophet Samuel and said, he will be the next king. You anoint him king so here is young david his own daddy didn't even give him a chance but yet god said i can use you it doesn't matter who doesn't believe in you it doesn't matter if your own family your own parents doesn't believe in you god says he can use you will you humble yourself before him now what happened next because david was anointed king you would think wow man life's about to get good we're eating steak tonight everything's gonna be great is that what happened after david was anointed king no david started to experience the hardest times of his life if you remember he went to battle and goliath was there taunting the army taunting them who could fight me i'll kill all of you will just one of you fight and david said is there not a cause who is this uncircumcised philistine that he may taunt god almighty and he goes to saul saul was the king at that time and Saul wouldn't go out there and fight him. David said, I will. Saul said, well, you take my armor. And David tried it on. It was too heavy. It was too clanky. It was too big. It was too bulky. David had never fought in that stuff before. He didn't know nothing about it. David said, I can't wear this stuff. He says, I'll I take my slingshot and some smooth stones. That's what I know. That's what I can use. And he goes before Goliath and Goliath says, what am I, a dog that you send this boy with a slingshot after me? David slung that rock, killed Goliath, took Goliath's own sword and cut his head off. You listen to me. God can use what you have 
what you already know how to use to do the work that he wants you to do. God can take something that you already have and use it to get you to where he wants you to be. God can break it, bless it, and multiply it. Amen. He most certainly can. What happened to David after that? Well, the king at that time, because God had taken his hand off Saul and David was anointed the next king, Saul hated David. The, the the ladies of the town started singing, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed tens of thousands. Amen? And that made Saul bitter and mad and angry. And he wanted to kill David. He wanted to take him out while David was there. But yet, even Saul's sons and daughters, like David, uh, David married one of Saul's daughters. And she let David down out of the window to get away from her dad because Saul was going to kill him. And David ran for a long time with Saul trying to kill him. But wait a minute. David says, I'm anointed the next king. How can all this happen? How can all these bad things happen? Why is he wanting to kill me? I haven't done anything to him. And there even came a point where David could have killed Saul. He went into the cave and cut a small piece of his garment off. And showed him and said, I, he could, I could have killed you, but David didn't. He let God handle it. You listen to me. That is a great testimony for me and for you, Christian. Even though somebody's attacking you, if they're trying to kill you, you let God handle it, turn it over to the Lord. The Bible says, God said, vengeance is mine. I will repay, thus saith the Lord. Let God handle it just as David did. Because if you want to handle it, oh, God might let you handle it. But it'll be nothing like he would have handled it. Amen. And listen, that's a scary thing to fall in the hands of God when he says, vengeance is mine. Even Michael the archangel rebuked Satan. And he told him that the Lord rebuke thee. There may be a time in your life when you need that. And you just say, I'm going to give that over to the Lord. I'm going to let the Lord handle it. And I'm going to humble myself before the Lord. And he can handle that how he sees fit. So here's David running from Saul. And finally, 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 David was made king. Now, what would happen if David was anointed king? That as a young boy, 16 years old, and then he next thing he knows, he gets lifted up and he is put on the throne. He is the king. Well, I dare say David would have been so lifted up with pride. Look where I'm at. Look where I've done. Look who I am now. Look at my title. Look at my kingdom. Look at my throne. Look at my castle. Look at all the power that I have. Careful, because that's the one thing that a man wants. That's the three things. There's three things that every man wants. I'm talking about the flesh side of you, not the spiritual side of you. But the flesh side of you wants money, power, and respect. Those are the three things that your flesh of a man, every man's flesh craves. I can't speak for the ladies, but I know for a man, the flesh side of you, that's the three things a man wants. Money, power, and respect. Now you think about the pride David would have had in his heart if God had put him in that position and not put him through the school of hard knocks, had not put him through God's leadership program. 
God may be doing that to you. You say, why are these hard things happen? Why is this happening? Why is this person attacked me? Why did God may have you in his leadership program? Listen, God's ways are not our ways. We'd put our boy in the best school and the best Ivy League college around the best people. God says, no, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to have somebody chase him. I'm going to have him thrown in jail. I'm going to have him beaten. I'm going to have him sold into slavery as he's teaching him to lead. God's ways are not our ways. And so if you think something strange has happened in your life, the Bible says, hey, think it not a strange thing when this fiery trial comes upon you. Because listen, the moment you get saved, you realize just how real the devil is. The Bible says that he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And that he definitely wants to stop a Christian from witnessing. And I ask you today, all this means nothing if you don't know the Lord. You make sure that you have repented of your sins and put your faith and trust in the finished work of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ because he has beat death, hell, and the grave and rose again the third day. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.